I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Oh, that—that that that was, was my spooky, spooky voice. That was my it's spooky very voice. Spooky. Ah, ah, because ah. guess what it is, Mark? It's finally here. It's spooky, spooky season. season. Yes, I'm yes, super excited. We've been, we've been waiting for this all year, even though for us, spooky season is all year. But I was going to say, when did spooky season stop for you? I just think we can officially declare it spooky season. Yes. And for spooky season, we have an epic first spooky season show. Oh, do we? Do we? I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm I am on the edge of my seat. Well, there's a little room here, so let me scoot back a little bit. Okay, yeah, there. Okay. <laughs> yes, as if you didn't know what I like when you pretend like I don't tell you what's happening when most of the time it's you not telling me what's actually happening. Oh, I know. I actually organized this one. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Mark, who do we have epically on our podcast today? Oh my gosh. So one of our favorite places in the world is in uh, Central Florida, and that is Sir Henry's Haunted Trail. And it is an amazing haunt. I highly recommend everybody go check it out if you're in the area. Yeah, the big theme parks are great, but Sir Henry's gets it. It's amazing. But we have two very special guests that are are a major part of Sir Henry's, but they are also awesome in their own right. And I would like to reckon, uh, to introduce Amanda and Brad, and they are the team behind the stories behind Sir Henry's. So let's let's bring them on in here. So that was Hello. welcome, welcome. That got very meta there in the middle there. I'm not a little bit. Watch. I didn't mean to. It just kind of happened. Here <laughs> are the people that are behind the people that are behind the thing that has a thing. Go no so. <laughs> Welcome, Amanda and Brad. Sorry, he got very got meta. He got very fourth wall there for a moment. <laughs> it's fine. Um, fourth walls so, are made to be broken. It's yes. so true. Isn't it so true that that's the case? So, Mark, where did you meet Amanda and Brad? Because I have a different, I have a different origin story than you. Yeah, we both have, we both have met these wonderful people. So, uh, Brad and Amanda, I think I met you guys through Sir Henry's, wasn't it? I think it was at one of the media nights where you guys were selling your books. We may have met before then, but I don't think so. I think that sounds about right. I think maybe we might have met at like a convention prior. And then yeah. we probably were like, hey, if you want to come to Sir Henry's media night, and then we kind of became more acquainted after that. But time- And then I know we went to some of your, we went to some of your library readings as well. Yes, sure. yes. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, and it's always nice seeing friendly faces in the audience, so- yeah, even if they're not real. Um, so <laughs> I, I think Mark sees dead people in the audience sometimes. Um, uh, I met you guys because you guys are both published authors, which is epically amazing. And I met you interviewing you on the other podcast, which is Drinking yes. Authors, which yes. is so amazing. You guys were so much fun to have. So this is perfect symbiotic spookiness. So it's full um, circle. Yes, I like origin stories because that's where I'm at. I'm all about origin stories and they're fun. So um, whichever one of you wants to go first, go together, however you want to do this. When did you first become interested in spooky shit? See, I waited <laughs> eight seconds. See, eight seconds I after eight seconds. I could say shit. Okay, spooky shit. Where did it begin? Ah, shit, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you just mean like kind of like like horror genre in general, just like like overall everything. Overall, that... because that's what you guys write along yeah. with the interest. Sir Henry's is epic. We can talk about that for a minute. Yeah, we can talk you about guys... that later. We'll save that till after the first one. <laughs> yeah, you guys have what? epic horror background. So and well, I know with me it was kind of a very slow but steady upward trajectory. Because when I was younger, like grade school age, you know, it all started with with fiction, with horror horror stories, you know, not just like a, like campfire stories and uh, like a local folklore sort of thing or scary stories. My grandma would tell me that sort of thing. 
but it, it went further into like the, the, the books of R.L. Stein, you know, like uh, Goosebumps is, you know, kind of gateway of horror for a lot of kids growing up with the 90s, which was the same for me. And then leading from that, as I got older, it just kind of gradually progressed, you know, going from R.L. Stein to Stephen King. And then when I was when I was younger, I was actually wasn't too fond of scary movies, just mm -hmm. just the just the horror fiction, the stuff you can read and, and visualize in your own mindscape instead of like actually having it directed to you for whatever reason. And then um, one day that I don't quite necessarily recall, I just started enjoying the actual horror films as well. So it combined you know, the visual medium along with the literature that I had been reading for years prior, all just kind of coalesced together and became sort of my, uh, you, you know, my upward my upward trend into into horrordom, essentially. What was your gateway movie? What was the movie that turned the tides? Ooh, do tell. Do tell. Now, that one, that's a specific movie for that is an easy one. And that would be, that was uh, Poltergeist. <clears throat> and I remember it's because I was still kind of afraid of horror movies at the time and i remember that i was at my friend's house and he and his family were doing like a halloween get together and poltergeist was playing on the tv and since i was pretty much trapped in the room i was like you know it's halloween i'm with my buddy i might as well watch this and see and i pretty much fell in love with the movie and from there i went from like the pg uh pg slash pg 13 rated horror films and gradually progressed into you know more harder r-rated horror films and kind of the full spectrum of horror but it was definitely poltergeist was the first one that kind of broke me through the barrier and helped kept me from you know basically being kind of kind of nervous about what horror films might entail into showing me you know these these things can be kind of special you know i want to dig a little deeper and see what lies further beneath the veneer essentially very cool amanda take us on your journey my friend uh, so, uh, pretty similar. I think that the Goosebump books from R.L. Stein really kind of set it off. And I remember, uh, my dad, he's still cool, but growing up as a kid, I feel like he was a lot cooler than other dads because I was watching Terminator 2 and Psycho and movies like that when I was, you know, probably a little too young to be watching things like that. Um, so it's, even though it's more sci-fi, I would say a Terminator Two really was because I mean it it is real. It's scary. Like it, it's, a, it's a it's a monster it's, movie. You know, yeah, it's still a monster movie. It's about like the monster of like humans overstepping their progress in technology and something that's unthinking and unfeeling and just has one mission coming after you to kill you and just the whole scene with um with uh sarah connor like at the gate like watching her and her son in the past and the the whole sea of fire just like turns her into a skeleton for me i feel like that scene in itself makes that movie a horror movie so i think that really did it um and my my love for haunted attractions actually feels more like an oxymoron because in um my freshman year of college i worked at a haunted attraction um, outside of Chicago while well, I was going to school at Columbia College in Chicago and uh, it was a good experience the guy kept saying oh you'll get paid at the end of it you'll get paid at the end of it and then he skipped town and didn't pay us and most people <laughs> that would you know sour them from the experience be like I'm never doing that again if anything that just made me want to seek out you know haunts that are more um, honest and transparent, treat their people good and have good storytelling. Because honestly, like the haunted attraction, there was no storytelling. It was like looking back, it was kind of awful. But <laughs> I just like well, the process. It was fun. And it's the start. And it's interesting. I think like any sort of performance thing that you can do, like acting of any kind or shows or comedy, you know, there's an effect you want to have on the audience. And in a horror production, a haunt, it's very visceral because you you literally probably get to the core, even deeper than love and stuff like that, is being scared and being afraid yes. and the terror. Like I think that's that's like deeper than even some of the positive emotions that can exist, right? And I right. think you know, when we, yeah, when we talked, like one of the things you guys both talked about was this almost a hunger for that sort of high you get from being scared, right? I, yeah. I'm not saying it in your words, but there you go. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, that, that comes to the bottom of anything. It's like when you're in love, it's like, that's great. But then you're scared of 
like, will these feelings go away or will my loved one uh, pass away um, unexpectedly or will something happen to them? So there's love and fear attached. You could be eating a great meal, but then there's the fear of like, this meal is going to end. And, you know, there's that. And then there's always like, you're, um, you know, angry about something or stressed about something. And then fear is obviously a huge part of that. So I think that fear really connects to every possible emotion on the spectrum for sure. But there's good fear and then there's bad fear and we're chasing like simulated. Yeah, we're we're seeking the simulated horror. There's enough real horror in the world. (laughs) It's very true. And it's interesting because when you talk about real horror, even simulated horror is like, what do you do in those circumstances? Everybody assumes from not being afraid, not being in those circumstances, that there are things that they would do until you actually get put in those circumstances. Real, terrifying, but also um, pretend it's terrifying. You want to react a certain way. You want to be brave. You want to have whatever. And then there are people that, I don't know, punch people in the face. I don't know any of those people. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. What about um, real scared being scared had you guys have paranormal experiences or what about you i'll let you go first yeah that's an easy one for me that's a flight straight uh straight flat out no (laughs) which is yeah exactly which is a a kind of a a gamut of emotions having to just straight up say no to that because i'm definitely a believer in that uh, paranormal side of things or that there might be something that exists beyond the realm of what we know as science and fact things we just haven't discovered or fully comprehend yet but on that same token it's everything that i've witnessed passively or third hand through other people's stories or like anything that you might see on tv like investigative shows that show like grainy footage of a purported creature or ghost or something like that but for myself specifically i simply don't have any real stories about like you know i i think i saw the skunk ape in the forest or you know i was alone one night and i felt something touch the back of my hand or something like that or you know even go ahead oh i was gonna say that i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing you know mark's wife carrie is you know ghost repellent like there i think there definitely are people in the world that are not going to experience things and not because they're not out there it's just for whatever chemical cosmic makeup they have they just happen to be like a lodestone like they just it's not it doesn't come and it's not bad and it's nothing against them they just happen to be like a blocker you know i'm gonna make a twilight reference here stuff we stuff we don't understand yet hopefully someday we can study and figure out why some people see it why some people don't you know what's her name in twilight bella was a shield look i just brought twilight into this oh you brought twilight in well then that's what i gotta tell them it's like hey and if you haven't seen anything unusual then we'll take you out to the may stringer and, and we'll fix that real quick so as long as Carrie's not with you, and it might be Brad too. You might bring Brad, and nothing will happen because yeah, we went, we went there, and we didn't, and nothing happened to me, or I didn't see wow. anything. Yeah. See, I, Carrie had to and... wait outside while we took Jay and Chris there, and that's probably the most haunted video ever. You know, that's actually going to be. I've never seen that one. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Yeah, the yeah. Attic, the attic but, felt um, pretty heavy in there. Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, but I was going to say um to kind of veer things into slightly more somber territory on the same note of what I was mentioning before about I want to say about maybe seven or eight years ago I lost my mom in my in my mid-20s and that was a major life-changing experience for me mm-hmm. and you know you get those those mentions from other people or you know those uh, people reaching out to you trying to to help you feel better about things and the most you know the most common uh I don't want to call them like cliches, but, you know, I always appreciate them. People saying, oh, you know, she's always there with you or she's she's there with you, whether you see her or not. People say, "Okay, you must you believe in the paranormal, the supernatural. Surely you've seen her or felt her presence at one point or another. And I say, even though, you know, I she got me through a lot in life and I spent uh, 25 years with her as mother and son since she's passed. No, nothing. You know, and it goes back to that. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, but that could be because of you, or that could be because she decided to go do something different. So which, you know, she's you like, know? Yo, he's good. I don't need to keep an eye on him. I'd love <laughs> yeah, to be able to say that I, about my kids, but I know I'm going to be there with them for forever going, really? 
Dumbass. Yeah. Come on. No. <laughs> Mark will be in some haunted object that Callie throws away. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll be at some doll. Callie's going to pick up and go, nope, and throw it away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about you, Amanda? Um, I'm on the exact opposite where I'm like a total empathy sponge. So I've had uh, lots of experiences, um, you know, positive and negative. Uh, after my grandmother uh, passed away, I had what could be construed as like a couple of uh, visits that I feel were from her because it was like a comforting energy. Like one was her visiting in a dream right after she passed. And then another one was like, feeling kind of like a pressure on the end of the bed where she would sit on the end of my bed sometimes. So I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And I know it wasn't a threatening presence because my dog was asleep on the end of the bed too. So if it was something funky, I think that she would have woken up, but um, that, and I'm trying to think of some other ones. We, we went on, um, <clears throat> we went on a ghost walk in Mount Dora. And this was, this was one that was like one of my favorite experiences was the uh, guide was talking about how this store used to be a candy shop and this kid was uh, running across the street to go to his parents to ask for money to go get some candy and he got hit by a car and he passed away and they gave all of us these meters to, you know, you know, hopefully get some energy or, or whatever like that. And they were mentioning this kid and all of a sudden the, the meter starts going off near my purse when he was talking about this kid and they're like, well, that's strange. I guess I'll just keep talking about this. And um, the meter just kept going off. Like what is going on? And then I looked in my purse. I had lollipops in my purse because I have low blood sugar. Oh, so wow. I took one of the lollipops off and I was like, okay, kid, um, here you go. And I left it on the windowsill of the old candy shop. And then the meter just stopped and everyone was like, well, that's nightmare fuel. I'm like, no, it's not. He just wanted some candy. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's but that was that was nifty because I was like, who else is going to know I have lollipops in my bag? I'm a 36 year old woman. Why would I have lollipops in my bag? <laughs> I think every 36 year old woman should have a lollipop. In bag, I think that's so. a law. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, that needs a requirement. Yeah, they spec not though a cat. <laughs> but so you guys as a combo is probably a really awesome thing, kind of like Mark, because it terrifies me with what does happen around him. Because I'm very much like you, Amanda. I have a lot of empathy a lot of experiences and stuff like that um but mark does too and it actually gives warms my heart that carries there because i'm terrified of the like exorcist type situation he would have in his house if he did not have carrie there to go let's just take this down a notch or two because <laughs> balances you know, a little bit yeah I yeah. think that's that's absolutely brilliant. So um, I just go, oh, hey, how's it going, friend? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good to see you. So nope. it's running off, but it's nice to see you this week. So, I yeah. will say that the spirits at the Cuban club in Ybor City, oh. though, like, that was very overwhelming. And I had to keep like kind of looking around and like physic like actually loudly physically saying, like, you need to back up. It's like the, the yeah. equivalent of someone being like this. Yeah, because they, they, like, they no. latch on to any that can listen to them, and they will talk to you no end. I that, I agree no. that one, especially the the actor on the second floor. He's a he oh. is in your face going. I can't believe I did this. And, yeah, she's saying that to the ghost, and meanwhile, I'm saying it to the same the same thing to the people at the convention who keep bumping into my shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> we, we caught something funky at that show. There were way too yeah, many people. Sick, yeah. Oh man! Oh, but... which, which one was that one? Well, well, we better not name it. We better not name it. So, <laughs> oh, it's not their fault. It's yeah. just people. People being, you know, oh, I'm sick, but I'm not going to cancel my plans. Like, thanks. Two thumbs up. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Humans. Uh, Dragon Con had a, a couple outbreaks. You know, it was yeah. definitely some patient zeros there. No, yeah. I I didn't get COVID at Dragon Con this year. Neither did I? We're fine. But um, <laughs> so go to the extract and go to the horror track. You might want to avoid the puppetry track. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. <laughs> First of all, everybody should avoid the puppetry track. I just think I think puppets and mannequins are a terrible idea. It's like dolls. Like no. No, no, no. <laughs> Do not imbue life into these things. It's a terrible idea. So let's talk because we're going to talk after the break about haunts. But before we get to the break, let's talk about your first haunt. Like what to sort of pop the cherry of the haunting. So Ooh. 
Um, who would like to begin the cherry popping of the haunting? For me, for that, it it kind of goes along a similar a similar route in regards to horror movies, where it was again something that I wasn't too keen on when I was younger and that I was act actively afraid of. And you know, when people would invite me to them, I'd say, "Yeah, no, I'm not doing that." <laughs> um, I remember the first one I actually went to. I don't remember the specific name of the house itself, but it was at a an attraction in Central California called the Field of Screams, which oh, was yeah. literally like a traveling carnival that set up shop at, on a farmer's field and had a few uh, uh, homemade haunted houses dotted around it. And uh, my dad and his and his wife both kind of insisted that I try one of them just to see what I thought of it. And I remember I don't remember how old I was, but I was maybe like 10 or 11. You know, I was approaching approaching pre-teenage but i still just wasn't really into the whole thing and i didn't have a good experience at the field of screams so i remember that um but that was the very first one and honestly i don't know specifically which one actually led me actually further into haunted houses in general if i had to try to guess i think it might have been um not scary farm at uh, at not scary farm also in california or that was another one that I decided to try to go. I went with my mom and actually a couple friends of mine. And since it was such a large event, you know, it was something that you'd think that would be too overwhelming. But in this case, it was kind of easier to kind of ease one into it because there was so much other stuff to do. You know, if you didn't want to see a haunted house or something, you can go on one of the rides or you could just hang out and, you know, eat a snack or something. But, you know, after witnessing all the actors performing and actually going through a couple of the houses at that event, that kind of led me further down at thinking this is pretty interesting. And this is something, you know, that is not necessarily something you need to be afraid of because all these people are doing their absolute damnedest to entertain and frighten you and transport themselves like into other worlds, basically enveloping characters that aren't too dissimilar from characters in a book. They're just in the real world, staring me in the face and jumping out at me. And I think kind of that connection between my love of literature and uh, leading for closer into, you know, what I'm actually experiencing at that time, that kind of eased me into it and just kind of grew from there. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, and Amanda, what about you? First, hold on, that was just probably one of the first haunts that started doing storytelling. You know, not yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's one of the one of the originals. Absolutely. Yeah. I I enjoyed that. Not scary farm is a lot of fun. I was very very excited when they said they're bringing back the hanging at yeah. Not Scary Farm. I'm yeah. so stoked on that. Well, I won't get to see it in person, but I'm going to see it on YouTube. So that's good. <laughs> there you go. I I think Amanda, right before you jump in, I think there is a huge difference between saying, you know, it's a a, a created haunted house versus a house that's just haunted, right? And an experience. Like, I think it's changed so much over the years to be more like sort of leveling up of haunted houses, right? Like it, it's a haunted experience. And um, I don't know what that one was like, but we have that a lot of theme parks. Like I remember Halloween Horror Nights when it used to be a couple of weekends a month or something like, like it was not a big deal. And that now it's or, like or weekends or whatever, or whatever it was. The first one was Fright Night. I think it was right, Fright Fright right back in the early 90s. And they, had, they had one house and it had literally you walk in the door, there's Chucky, there's the Crypt Keeper. There, it was just random rooms that made no sense. And uh, yeah, then, then they got a, then they got a creative director. That's a friend of ours who, you know, turned mm -hmm. it around. So no, totally. And it became an experience instead of just like, we're going to have a bunch of things that, you know, rock across granola on the ground and it's broken bones, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Amanda, what about you? What was your first experience? Uh, I believe my memory going back, I think it was uh, Six Flags in Agawam, Massachusetts, and they started doing Halloween stuff there. Um, they had like a whole um, a whole walk that kind of traversed the kind of picnic area, but it was all themed to different things. I remember that they had like a simulated hanging that was cool. Like they brought a plant from the audience up and then they like hung her and they're like, keep it moving, keep it moving. It was I don't know. It was just like this weird visceral memory that I had. And my friend Karen went with me and she's terrified of chainsaws. So then they locked us in a room and brought out a bunch of chainsaw <laughs> pieces of people. And she was very angry, which was great, great memory. Uh, but 
and it's funny too she's actually i haven't seen her in years and she's going to be coming uh to sir henry's this fall so that'll be her first time coming to sir henry's and i haven't seen her in a long time so that should be interesting mm -hmm. i don't think there's any chainsaws this year though <laughs> i was gonna say i hope you've arranged a chainsaw greeting like just when you right walk up and give her a hug chainsaws from behind <laughs> right she'll be like oh no and just runs to back to her car <laughs> and out of existence um but yeah that was like my my first kind of um haunted attraction uh memory um i don't know if it would really count but haunted mansion at disney like that really was like my big spooky theme park first and i just enjoyed the hell out of it like i'm obsessed with it i agree and i'll tell you the first time i went on it which was in disneyland oh yeah yep. yeah it that scared the shit out of me as a child <laughs> like yeah. legitimately scared the crap out of me when i was very very young because my mom used to take us there and oh my god that was terrifying my other one was jaws so oh, it wasn't really a haunted house but universal studios very different thing than now and i don't even think the jaws ride exists anymore but no. this was many years yeah. ago a uh, long time ago but we went to Universal Studios and you were in a tram and you drove around and they showed you like different sets. And it was literally a studio tour. Like, here's where they filmed this. And here's the I Dream of Genie house. And here's the Psycho house. And like it was um, and they had started adding things. But one of the things was you go along this little dock and all of a sudden you hear the music kick in and the dock tilts. So you yep. feel like you're sliding into the water on this tram. And then the shark comes up next to you, which yeah. now I look at and I go, oh, but I'll tell you, to like a six-year-old, that oh, is yeah. scary. Well, I like now that shit. they've added Norman Bates to the Bates Motel, which is really yep. nice. He actually is like slamming a body in the trunk of his car when you guys pull up and then he sees that you've seen him. And, yeah. <laughs> and he comes yeah. at you with a knife, that's right. Yeah, that's great. Okay. That was like a kind of it's like a weird rite of passage when you go to theme parks because I went on the Jaws ride in Florida and that was the first iteration of Jaws before they fixed the shark because he would constantly break down and there's there was a point where the shark actually grabs onto your boat like chomps yeah. on it and then kind of rocks it but it got stuck. And it was right next to me. Like, I was right next to the damn thing. Like, oh, sorry, folks. Shark broke down. We'll just go ahead and put you through the ride again. And I just started primarily screaming, no, no. They're like, okay, we'll get her the off the ride because she's <laughs> They're black eyes like a dull's eye. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I love so much of that. Okay, we got to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about Sir Henry. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. Okay, we're back. We're back. Are, are we? Are we really? You have a skeleton now behind you, Mark. Stop bringing creepy shit into the picture. I'm like zero interest <laughs> in this at all. So well, we're talking haunts. So Clem has to come out. He was one of our first props for Hellgate. Oh, there he is. Hi, so, Clem. Yeah, 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 see, Clem, Clem was like our garden gnome we used to, you know, that people take everywhere. 
we used to take Clem everywhere uh, to show off for Hellview. So he's my last piece of Hellview. So he, when we talk haunts, he has to be part of the podcast. So and okay. legacy endures. I like it. Yeah. You didn't tell me I'll have to add him to the guest list for this particular. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to add him for all the spooky season episodes. Yeah. So um, let us talk about Sir Henry's. Okay. So. Which one of you or Mark do you want to take? What is Sir Henry's? Well, let's let them. They're the, they're the, they're, well, how did, first off, yeah, what is Sir Henry's? And then how did you guys get involved with it? Sure. So Sir Henry's Haunted Trail has been around since uh, 2014. That was when they first started taking in customers as a professional haunted trail. Before that, uh, Zach Laros, who is the owner he was doing it as a home haunt and he was very passionate about it, but he was like, you know what? I just really want to give it a go at making this an actual haunted attraction. So it started with one trail. And like you said, it was a mishmash of different scenes, but it was still like his own storytelling. And then every year from there uh, it grew and now we're celebrating uh, 10 seasons, which is awesome. And we have three haunted trails. We have a haunted hayride. Uh, and then we have a midway experience with uh, characters that interact with you and maybe a couple of shows, a couple of um, ceremonies will be littered in there. Ooh, that'll be nice. That's new. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that just gave me chills when she said ceremony. So oh, I like how should. you said that's nice. Should. I'm like, that doesn't sound nice. That sounds terrifying. That's fun. <laughs> very nice, very evil. Um, but we we got involved with Sir Henry's. Uh, we started as fans because we lived in Southern California. And when we started the process of moving to Florida, uh, I took on the very important stuff and he was at home packing. And while he was packing, I was like, research things that we can do over there. Cause we'd gotten used to living in one part of the world. And now it's like, okay, we need That's fun important things. stuff too though. It is. It's like, okay, we need fun things to do, including haunt season. What are we doing for haunt season? So you found Sir Henry's haunted trail and we we're like, okay, we're going to have to. The I4 scream park. The I4... Yeah exactly so you found that so we're like okay we got to check that out it's in plant city it's a little Not less than an far. hour from uh, the, the tampa area and uh we just loved it the storytelling was great it was just it's in it's literally in the woods it's just so thematic and it's so immersive well i was impressed with the characters actually interacting with people not just like yelling boo at them and running off but actually having conversations while fully in the character like immersed that's what that because i had never really witnessed that before at a previous uh, haunted attraction so that's kind of what uh, definitely impressed me and drew me more uh, towards it as well exactly and uh we became involved in it. it was just kind of on a whim because valentine's uh their valentine's or spooky valentine's event for 2021 came up and when we were walking around inside of the haunt i just kind of had a thought that i verbally said out loud to you actually before we went into the event we were in the car and i was like what do you think that zach would do you think Zach would be down with the idea of writing a book series about all these characters because all their stories connect? It's almost 10 years worth of like this, this lore that has been building. And you're like, oh, I guess we could ask him after the season ends or whatever. But we were buddies with Calvin, who's a scare actor and a show manager there. And I just randomly asked him while he was in character. I was like, I know this is unprofessional, but what do you think of this idea? And he's like, it's perfect. You have to bring this up to him, do it. And Ever since then, we've been building this uh, this haunted um, trilogy and just helping out with marketing and PR and all that fun stuff. Well, I also want to uh, bring up part of how we knew that we were becoming more than just mm -hmm. casuals with Sir Henry's is the fact that we'd visit there since we lived in Florida. We'd visit there subsequent years, like every year we'd make it a tradition to go. <clears throat> and the, the one time that we knew that we were more than just casual fans is when um, the actor who portrays Sir Henry greeted us by name. So uh -huh. we show up, he, you know, he talks, he's mic'd up and he'll have conversations with you instead of saying, oh, hi, how you doing? He comes up and he's like, oh, it's Amanda and Brad. I was like, they know who we are. Okay, we must be coming here more often than I thought. And that's kind <laughs> of, yeah, kind of what I think helped us get more comfortable with getting to know the actors and the directors and the sh showrunners on a more personal, friendly level, as opposed to just professional, here's my money, scare me level. <clears throat> and that's kind of where the whole sort of uh, 
uh, creative and business opportunity relationship kind of grew from beyond there as well. And it kind of led to this whole sort of merger of the minds, so to speak. And yes. thus created the book, the first book, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. 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 That came out in uh, fall of 2021. Then the second book was fall 2022. And now the third book, which is uh, just around the corner. Yeah. Very releases. Well, that is awesome. So what was it like? Did you have, first of all, do you guys have a favorite character that you were no, let me rephrase that because people uh, are friends, so I'm not doing that. I I caught myself. That's okay. That's oh, good okay. save. Good save. Yeah. What was the first character you decided you wanted to write about? Uh, I mean, Sir Henry is, a, is um he's the landmark character. He's the so, head cheese. Yeah, he's the head cheese. So I mean, that's a easy that's an easy answer with that. But for me, it was Poppy because I really really love the character Poppy. For you, I mean, I think I know, but who is Poppy ahead. for those that are listening yeah. that may not know? Who's Poppy? Sure. So Poppy is she's kind of a, a little girl character. She's mischievous. She has kind of these wild pigtails and a mask on her face and a giant it's pair like, of novelty scissors. The mask is like shattered porcelain. Yeah, it's like a shattered porcelain mask. So it's it's very unsettling, and she'll come up to you and be like what if i cut off a little bit of your face would you be okay with that it's very very um chaotic yeah. she, her, her giant oversized scissors like the kind that you'd use to cut like a like a red ribbon at a supermarket opening or something like those <laughs> size of scissors like giant shears yeah i'm off to open trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah exactly. that's what i think <laughs> I see yeah. giant shears yeah but uh, I just I, I just dig her energy because she's just wild. If I she's just like a wild human, which is fun. Um, and her thing is that she um, can control inanimate objects, which includes dead bodies. So oh, one her of, debut appearance. Yeah, like her debut appearance was a uh, marionette of the dead, I believe, yeah. where she, it was like controlling dead bodies on strings. So it was like this is just really like a very twisted story and i would love to see her origins and where she goes i love that okay brad what about you i'm completely creeped out now so i'm sure that's gonna just get worse in moments <laughs> so for my side of the spectrum the character that um that i normally write the stories for and that i'm drawn to is a character named pyrum p-y-r-u-m yeah. and he's he's kind of your prototypical pumpkin man like if you think of the phrase pumpkin man you know he's like what do you think if you think of a guy wearing maybe like wearing a dark coat and he's got a little jack-o-lantern for a head that's kind of almost exactly what pyram is only he's <clears throat> less of a man and more like old growth made sentient basically so he's like kind of made out of the vines and the dirt all held together by like the uh, big dark dark cloak and his uh kind of signature uh his little uh, kind of signature thing that he carries around is like a staff that's made from gnarled vines that sometimes has a severed head perched on it, sometimes doesn't. But he's always got a trick up his sleeve. But um, I was drawn to Pyram because he is basically kind of traditional Halloween personified. You know, he's he's represents like the uh, like the the autumn season and the you know the old slowly decaying cornfields, and then he has you know a literal jack o' lantern for a head. And we don't get a whole lot of the traditional autumn aesthetic out in central Florida. So, you know, if you want to go for like some sleepy hollow uh, colonial new. Hiram's kind of the guy he's where it's at. He brings a little taste of that flavor to our region, basically. That's yeah. very cool. And so how many years exactly have you guys now been involved at the upper level from stalker fan to. Stalker <laughs> fan. Um, <laughs> About three years now. Well, it's have been writing the books, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So three, three years. Have you, yeah. have you been able to scare act in the in the house, or did you just research through the actors? Um, a little both, I'd say, right? Yeah, it was a little bit of everything is like kind of chatting with the scare actors who portray these these characters. Um, but most of the process really was um sitting down with Zach and having him send us documentation from all the prior trails, uh, looking at pictures of these characters, looking at the summations of what these trails were. And then we would write these chapters and be like, this is what I could picture the the origin story being like for this character. And he would come back and he would have minimal or no notes. And he'd be like, this is really scary how 
kind of what I was picturing in my head. You guys are able to put that down on paper because he's just never had the time or skill set to write these books. So that's why I was like, it, like if he has changes, he'll literally like he'll he will say, oh, j just these miles a major change so it's it's gratifying to know that the the weird like fan service thoughts that we had in our head is as close to the original vision that he had as possible that's really neat though because um i know as a creator you want it's interesting and i'm sure you've seen this from your your writing right is you write a story and then people take it like we all did when we were reading the story so what brad was saying earlier right and we create the world in our mind. Like they can give, most of us probably do not enjoy overly exposition stories where they're describing every little last detail because you want to create it. People go, this is what I thought it looked like. It's got to be so interesting to create um, stories having interacted with the characters. Like it's one thing biography, but you're like legitimately interacting with Polly and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to be like a whole weird thing. And then to go, uh, taking all of this and going, this is where this is coming from. And the massive creator, Zach, going, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, I don't know. That's pretty. Yeah, that's, that's really gratifying is what that is to, you know, to kind of, kind of decipher and interpret the backstories of these characters, which does exist, just not to, you know, such an, ex an extent that we've created, but to present that to to someone basically and say okay here's here's what we want to expand on what do you think and to you know get his seal of approval with very very little alterations required is you know definitely gratifying and it you know kind of helps us stay motivated to keep moving along the the particular track that we're going for the story basically has this helped the actors that end up portraying some of these characters because um you know then you know when you're an actor when you're an actor um uh <laughs> you you know, sometimes you have to invent the backstory of your character. Sometimes you have to add the pieces to make it believable when you're um, being out in front of your audience. What has that feedback been like? Uh, especially for the character Vex, uh, who is um, portrayed by uh, Samantha, very, very awesome uh, actor slash uh, manager over at Sir Henry's. Um, she had said, you know, there was no backstory for Vex. She's just this cool um, character who has the power of lightning in her hands. Like she has this rod that that um, generates electricity. It's like kind of like a cattle prod, except not as harmful. But she has this look where it looks almost like a burn running down her face and her teeth are all chipped and pointed. And she's just very maniacal and cackles and everything like that so she was cool and she was seen as kind of an icon character of the haunt but she never had this backstory so I really created that out of thin air and Zach was even saying how he's like this is pretty brilliant because it's like I couldn't really picture her past like she's such an important character but I couldn't really picture her past all I could come to from A to B was that it involved something with lightning and something with after lightning which I don't want to spoil it too much, but that's, you know, kind of how she got her powers. And I was able to, in the third book, through science, kind of explain more. Like there's this this kind of mixture of magic and supernatural, but also grounded in science when you get more into this third book, which is which is pretty fun. Very cool. Mark, you've been very quiet. You're a haunt master pro. How well, I know. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to just listen because, uh, you know, uh, Sir Henry started right after Hellview died, so it was always bittersweet for us. But it was always, hey, we could actually go to this one now. We uh, we didn't, we were no longer. We that was the the sad thing doing a haunt for twenty years. We never got to do any other haunts. We were, you know, we were busy, yes. you know, and um, and so Sir Henry was one of the first ones we visited, and it was amazing. And it was like this is what we wanted to do. Um, but um, no, I my my questions for you are. You know, simple ones like because, like I said, what we used to do for our actors characters was, you know, hey, this is the scene, and you're the door guard. You know, why are you a thousand year old zombie? Who were you? You mm -hmm. know, and now you're here guarding the door to this tomb. You know, why? Let's 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 workshop that. And uh, you know, that was kind of how we came up with our stories that weren't based on local lore and legends. But I love that Sir Henry's is just you know so full of stories. 
when you go there and each character can you know and now with your help guys can even do even more so that's been amazing to me so i'm gonna ask some spooky questions as we you know it is spooky season so um you know where is now you're doing a, a new youtube channel right fairly new uh where you're going on adventures right what's what's it pretty called? much pretty much wherever the wind what is your youtube channel called oh uh, oddball explorations oddball explorations yes exactly oh. exactly that that stems from my instagram handle which is infinite oddball and as you mentioned the exploration aspect too pretty much wherever the wind takes us we don't really i don't really have like a set path as to where i go we will just kind of like on the weekends plot out a course of uh, different places to go where we might have been before and we want to return or places we've never been and if it's interesting i'm going to try to film it and try to make a video out of it and that involves anything like from uh, nature trails to like interesting shops or restaurants or you know of course the theme parks if we're headed there or uh any sort of interesting off the beaten path sort of place that's kind of kind of what, what i want to encap encapsulate not like any real specific theme just if you travel and you find someplace interesting document it and put it out there for the world to see and that's what i'm trying to do sounds very familiar it's like an eerie travel <laughs> uh but so you know what what's what's the scariest place you guys have been mm. uh for, for the for the channel or just in general just in general in general that might be worth a trip back for your for your vlog. Brad, where is the scariest place other people have reacted while they were there to indicate it was scary for you? And then Amanda, where's the scariest place you've been? <laughs> oh, it's, I feel like Brad's gonna so, take the thermometer around the room. I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. every down. It's it's yeah. so tough because we've been to so many interesting places. Oh man. I think are we are we looking for more of like a supernatural slant or just in general like just fear in for general, my life? Yeah, what, what gave you the heebie-jeebies? <clears throat> um, for that, uh, for me specifically, I'll I like to go off the beaten path quite a bit, and sometimes uh, if I'm like I'm either traveling solo or maybe sometimes occasionally um, that she she decides that she wants to kind of wait at the head of the trail or or in the car or something like that, and I'll head off on my own. But, you know, there's been occasions where I'm just out literally out in the middle of the woods completely by myself on occasion where there's no like no other hikers nearby or nobody out there. Just some like two miles down the road and there's nothing around me but vast wilderness. And, you know, it's not a point where I've ever like feared for my life, but there's a lot that could potentially happen. Where you know, if you let your mind wander, even if it's in the middle of the broad daylight, but you're still out there in the wilderness off the off the paved path you know your mind wanders places not just like you know anything that could be dangerous natural wise like predators or or like you know you never know who who could be like be behind that tree or coming around the, the bend in the path and if you're the only one out there what's going to potentially happen you know the mind starts to wander and occasionally occasionally it does but i always suppress that because you know there's still you know something else around that around the bend that needs to be documented and discovered so i guess for me it's it hasn't been any place super specific that i found inherently frightening it's just allowing you know your your mind to to do what it wants when you're in a situation that could potentially be harrowing even if it's not really if that makes any sense oh that's perfect perfect yeah all right amanda how about you <sighs> i mean uh, if I had to peg it down to recent years, uh, what is the name of the ship that they do the undead in the water experience on? Oh, the SS Victory? <laughs> Victory. Thank you. Victory. Um, yeah. Thank you. Boy, oh boy, like it's just so unsettling. Um, and I feel like I kind of almost, it's almost like repressed memories. The first time I was kind of going up one of the ladders, it felt like a deja vu moment. It felt like something familiar, which to me makes no sense because I've never been in that situation so the feelings that i got in that general room where you have to go up these ladders and up these steep steps and stuff it just had like this feeling of like this is not right this is not cool like you get like that edgy feeling in your stomach where you're like there's something about this that doesn't gel so for me like i it just um it was kind of like this very visceral, uncomfortable moment. So I think that something really bad happened in that room. 
So I don't know if I was feeling someone else's emotions or if I had experienced it maybe in another life. But yeah, I, I would say in recent years, that's unsettling. But I still love it. And I still go to Undead in the Water because I freaking love it. Well, I was just saying the fact that it's at that time a simulated haunted experience on board that historic authentic ship. Yeah. Any, any uncomfortable feelings that she might have are only magnified by the fact that it's being literally used as a horror attraction at that time. Yeah, so someone dies in there and they're like, am I a joke to you, Karen? Like what is going on? That is oh god, oh <laughs> amazing haunt, and that's in Tampa Bay, uh yep. channel side area, and uh we'll put links to it at in the notes. Yes, definitely. And I think all the proceeds go to the museum as well, which is great. So. Yeah, which yeah. is amazing. So so the final question, because we could talk to you guys for hours, but we do we do have a time limit. Producers <laughs> get mad, whatever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they are terrifying when they get mad. They have a oh. dog. It's that's, a that, lot that's of actually scary. Yeah, that's the scary part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you they you could bury pockets, you. Don't want to be on Pocket's bad side. No, and they could bury you under their frogs, and no one would ever find you ever. Of course, yeah. Frog Army is is known to terrify citizens. Yes. So. <laughs> so, what advice would you give to people wanting to go to Sir Henry's? Like, what would you tell them to? prepare bring with them what would you say if they're coming to sir henry's this year you want me to go first yeah you go. Uh, just go in general on in a practical sense closed toe shoes and i don't mean crocs in sports mode i mean closed toe shoes mosquito spray bring clothes and uh bags and anything like that that you wouldn't mind getting a little dirt on it because it is in the woods it's pretty rugged, yeah. and it's very rugged um like you're going you know brushing past trees and there's mosquitoes and there's you know all that but that adds to the element of it being so immersive because it is in the woods so that's the practical side of it but um mentally just uh be prepared to really have an interactive experience. No one's going to touch you. They do not do that there, but you're really going to be part of the storytelling. And that's at the heart of every trail is that you are, you're coming into this story and you're literally walking through a story. So the, the, the characters will interact with you. If they recognize you, like they'll say your name, or if you mm -hmm. come through the trail multiple times, they will, they will mess with you. But um, it's, it's just, it's, they put so much into this haunt. So I would uh, recommend that, but also it's all advanced ticket sales. So make sure you get your tickets ahead of time. And we have different tiers this year. So the all access pass, if you can only come one night, the all access pass is what you want. So that's my spiel. <laughs> and when can they see you guys there? Uh, we will, we're, we're still working on some nights that uh, we will have an author's booth set up. I know for sure there's a couple of events that are close to the public that we will be um, doing some stuff like for yeah. media night, but we're planning on doing a VIP night at Sir Henry's where part of the proceeds uh, will go to our friends at give, uh, give Kids the World, which will be great. We will definitely be there for that. Uh, there will be more info to come. So we will for sure be there for that. I think we might set up a table on um, October 21st is a Saturday, correct? Oh, I don't know. Um, there the was there was a random <laughs> random Saturday. Let me check that really quick. <laughs> As we pause for a commercial break, there you go. There you go. She's got it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, let me so Saturday, yeah, Saturday, October twenty first. I think we will set up an author table there briefly. Um, that's when I'm, I'm we'll having. That. Well, yeah, I'm having like that uh that reunion with my friend Karen. So I'll make sure oh, someone yeah. has a chainsaw for you, Karen, and. Then <laughs> uh, happy Karen's not going to show up if you tell her about this show. She's going to go, nope, Karen. And then uh, one of our other um, colleagues who also has a YouTube channel, uh, Zach Coker, uh, his, his YouTube channel is called Coker Culture, C-O-K-E-R. He is going to be driving out from quite a, a while away just to visit Sir Henry's for the first time. And he's like, please be there to sign my book. So <laughs> if we have to be there to sign his book, then we might as well be there to sign other people's sign books. Other so. books. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. Okay, shameless self-promotion time. Where do people find you? We're going to include the link for Sir Henry's and the links for you guys. But where do people check out your writing and everything else like that? You go first. <clears throat> All right, so uh, my I have my social media handles. I'm on 
Twitter or, or X, I guess we're calling it X. now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on X at um, Wolf Soul Four. That's W O L F S O U L number four. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Infinite Oddball. That's I N F I N I T E Oddball. Uh, my YouTube channel is Oddball Explorations. And uh, as for my writing right now, uh, much of my writing is uh, just being sold through my Amazon page. So you, if you just go to Amazon.com and type in my name, Brad Acevedo, you'll likely find my page with all of my uh, either my self-published books or the uh, story anthologies that I've been featured in. And um, eventually it's going to be not going to be for a little bit, but in 2025 will be my first actual contracted professionally published book. So, you know, in a couple of years, you'll get to see that on my Amazon page as well. But that's still going to be farther down the pipeline. Yeah, that's okay. Know, I, I was going to say people can follow you on Amazon and be updated every time you have something published. So yeah, exactly. That's, that's going to be the next one, of course, will be Sir Henry's part three. And then beyond that, you know, I have a few other things that I've, I've been working on in the meantime that aren't really close to completion. But, you know, there's still a lot of projects in the pipeline. So that's mainly it for me, Amazon, uh, for my books, uh, uh, X and Instagram and threads too. Uh, if you want to uh, stay in touch with me and then uh, YouTube, if you want to check out my channel and see our different uh, explorations and stuff like that. Very cool. Amanda, where do we find you? Um, on Instagram, as well as uh, Twitter or X, whatever. Uh, the the username is Miss Fan Culture, M-I-S-S. F A N C U L, you know how to spell culture. That's why I always feel weird spelling out I words. Uh, so yeah, it's Miss Fan Culture for um, Twitter and Instagram, TikTok. I couldn't get that handle, so it's Fan Manda. So F A N Manda. Um, and then if you go to any of those socials, it'll have like my link tree. So it'll have a link to the Sir Henry's book series, my YouTube, and all the all the things. I'm I keep trying to figure out my YouTube channel. I try to revamp it with some uh, video essays about the cartoon Daria but I feel like the hey. the the cartoon video essayist scene is like really really um like it, it's very overrun right now with people who are very talented so I'm just trying to figure out my my niche saturated. on on YouTube it's a little saturated but not by in a bad way like everybody's doing a fantastic mm -hmm. job so me I'm like I like Daria. <laughs> oh, we'll get, oh, it's a shame uh, Callie is uh, not currently uh, on here because Callie is the biggest Daria fan in the world. So. I love oh, Daria. Daria is my spirit animal. Oh, <laughs> I love Daria. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, guys, it was so amazing having you both here. It was so amazing seeing you again. It has been a fortnight since that has occurred. That's old school, by the way, Mark. Fortnite. I, I know, I know. Yes. I know. <laughs> not not the other one. Yeah. Video game. It was. It was before. Long before that. So, what are you guys doing for Halloween? Oh, what aren't we doing for Halloween? We. It's like well, every, we're gonna do something spooky pretty much every weekend. If yeah. it's one haunted attraction or another. Every every time September through October, we have to like militantly plan out all of our uh all of our weekends i i got to i i run a wellness program through work so i coordinated a night at uh bush gardens hollow scream for about 26 or 27 of us so that should be interesting um we're going to do some home haunts like some local haunts uh i want to fit undead in the water in there one of our cast member friends so nicely got us uh we're going to go to magic kingdom on october 28th so i'm pretty excited to see like the halloween decor for that but uh what and what is that uh that haunt in tarpon springs that we like going house to house on the hill yeah house on the yeah, hill that's a home yeah. Yeah, that's a completely independent neighborhood haunt yeah yeah we got to fit that mm -hmm. in too so yeah but i recently i recently did a poll online regarding my youtube channel because so far all we've done for uh halloween season is halloween horror nights and I did a poll. I was like, okay, so from here through October, I'm going to be pretty much doing all Halloween and spooky related stuff. Do you guys want to see me keep the channel exclusively Halloween themed for September through October? Or should I break it up with some other stuff? Like I have a few videos backlogged for like visits to different museums and nature trails and stuff. Everybody said, no, nah, do Halloween. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so basically my YouTube is going to show us every, everything that we're doing. And it's going to be like 
95% all Halloween related. So, you know, again, it harkens back to anything that we do, we're going to show you guys in some capacity so you can come and see what it looks like and travel along with us virtually, basically. Yeah. Nice. All right, gang. Well, with that note, everybody, uh, definitely visit them online. And then while you're here, like, share, and subscribe with us. We appreciate every one of you travelers. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on our socials to see where we're going to turn up next. Uh, we're also doing a bunch of uh, crazy exploring. And we're going to try to link up with Amanda and Brad at some point and go to some spooky locations. Uh, maybe we can you know, open that closed door of Brad's there and uh, get some ghosts going. So, uh, but uh, anyway, thank you so much. And we'll see you on the other side.